Hi, and welcome to the longest episode of this podcast that I've already done. I'm Scott Weatherby, and we talk every and all things writing. Today is going to be about the modern-day mainstream in poetry and why I'm just not getting along with it at all. I think the biggest problem with the modern-day mainstream today is the idea that they are turning basic already been done, already been said statements and breaking them into stanzas. When it comes to poetry, in my opinion, there is an absolutely, positively no value in that. Poetry needs on some level to be poetic, and repurposing your favorite quotations doesn't really do that, especially ones like, you have to eat, and... That's another thing that bothers me, the open-ended statements like you have to eat in Amanda Lovelace's book. I think that's her name. Whatever. Um, yeah, like, the statements are way too open-ended. It's like the Gary V. And, like, what else is there to say? You, there is tons more to say than just repurposing these damn generic cliche statements that don't carry any weight. Another thing that really bothers me about the modern-day mainstream is that they're making writing look easy. Making writing look easy to where it's bleeding into other mediums like Instagram. Writing is never, ever easy. If you're making it look that way, you're doing it wrong. And this stuff has me worried because I've been having this thought for years, and it's a scary thought. What if we're dumbing literature down? Like, we're cutting off its blood supply or we're putting a pillow over its head. Because that's what this feels like to me when I go to a poetry section and the poets I actually like are buried under, like, shelves upon shelves of R.H. Sin. It's just awful. And the good artists that actually work their asses off just get pushed aside, and R.H. Sin is social media god. Like, it's baffling and it's saddening to me because poetry is my first love, and it's as essential to me as fucking breath, as eating, as taking a shit. It's everyday fucking routine for me. And to watch poetry fall this far, in my opinion, is sad. And to add salt to the wounds, these poetry books are like 40% off at Walmart because Walmart jumps on what's popular too. At least the Canadian Walmart. The American Walmart I heard holds comic books and stuff. Ours just holds like the New York Times bestseller list, which is mostly trash these days pardon me except for maybe stephen king that's true stephen king stuff and joe hill stuff that stuff goes on for 40 percent off so they're not all bad but it's mostly like the danielle steels and the el james's god el james just leaves a horrible fucking taste in my mouth but that's another episode for another day or is it? Fuck it. I got myself started on this. I might as well finish it.
E.L. James is the worst possible example of someone getting popular off writing. She wrote porn in an abusive relationship, which was poorly researched in a fan fiction of motherfucking Twilight. Nope. That's all the nopes I can give you. Absolutely every positively positive nope I can find on this planet goes into those fucking books. Good fucking God. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know how this shit got popular. I, I don't know. I've read articles on this shit. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. While I'm recording this episode, I think I figured it out. It's the marketing. These books are strategically and brilliantly marketed on Goodreads, on Amazon, on Chapters. You can't go anywhere without seeing this shit. It's just... Oh, God. I know I'm just repeating myself at this point, but... Like, I guess it's because maybe I'm jealous, maybe I'm sore. But the marketing is good. And when marketing's good, things sell. And James Patterson deserves his own episode, but look at James Patterson. He's a fucking marketing genius. He came up with the Toys R Us Kids song. He worked for J. Walter Thompson, the biggest marketing company in the world. This is why James Patterson is a brand name. And this is why Patterson makes the New York Times bestseller list every fucking time. You know how easy this shit is to make. It feels like every fucking day, a brand new author I've never heard of before just comes out of nowhere, taking advantage of what's popular. Never heard his or her name before. Pick up the book, same shit, put it down. It's some factory farming literature bullshit. And we get to one of the bigger names in this category that I'm not a big fan of, and that's Rupi Kaur. Now, this is just hearsay, but if Rupi Kaur really did plagiarize Tumblr, no, you don't fucking do that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a person of color, if you're white. I don't care. Their work is their work. Your work is your work. Do not plagiarize people. It is wrong, and it's a cardinal sin in writing. It's fucking sinful. In all fairness, though, Rupi Kaur is a fantastic photographer and probably the most stand-up human being out of these people that I just don't agree with. She does have a couple of good poems, I will admit. You know what? As many names as I've called out, I think I'm saving the best for last. R.H. Sid. This guy thinks he knows everything about women... He's a god's gift to them. Bruh, he's just a god's gift to Tumblr girls, period. And you know what? Tumblr girls grow up. Tumblr girls grow up and they grow out of the shit you write. Period. If R.H. doesn't adapt to these Tumblr girls, he's gonna fall off the earth pretty damn quickly. Actually, no... Tumblr's never going to die. There's always going to be a new horde of Tumblr girls replacing them. For every one Tumblr girl that grows up, two go in their place. 
Anyway, that's going to be the end of this episode because I am running out of things to say. If you have anything to add to this, feel free to shoot me an audio message and I'll be happy to include you in the next episode, perhaps. Um, Yeah, I'll see you in the next one.